Welcome to the ETS podcast, where we are facing the challenge and shaping the future. Greetings and thank you for joining our class again. Continuing in our pursuit of the Holy Scripture, the meaning behind the Holy Scripture, the importance, the purpose of Scripture. Over the last number of sessions, we've we have looked at the very real problem of biblical illiteracy. And then we're looking at the matter of biblical literacy. What I would like to do is not focus so much upon illiteracy in this particular class session, but I would really like to focus our attention in upon how we begin our pursuit of reestablishing biblical literacy within our world, within our life or within our local church. So let's move directly into this. How do we begin our pursuit of reestablishing biblical literacy where we live? Well, I would open by saying simply this. It must begin in the pulpit. I cannot begin to talk, to emphasize the importance of the pulpit. The pulpit is the place where we declare the Word of God. The pulpit is the focused position of the local church. There is an expectation of the people who come into the house of God as they look toward the pulpit to see a holy individual, a righteous person, knowledgeable of the scripture, to stand behind that sacred desk and declare what thus saith the Lord. If you would look at me and you would say, what is the purpose of a pulpit? Well, the pulpit is the place of attention whereby the individual that would stand behind would declare those things which thus saith the Lord, which God has purposed and spoken within their hearts and lives in their private time of prayer. That is to be shared with the other constituents that are gathered within the house of God that day. Let me tell you, biblical literacy begins in the pulpit. We preachers and we teachers We need to begin to stand behind the pulpit, and we need to begin to quote the Scripture. Not one jot or tittle will pass away until all of this shall be fulfilled. That's how important. That's why the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but that is rightly dividing the word of truth. That's why the Bible would tell us it is written for correction and for instruction and for reproof in our lives in righteousness. We need to begin to emphasize to our people, read the Scripture. Come to understand the Scripture. Pray over the Scripture. One thing that I haven't mentioned in this study is that in the old days, in the old days, even prior to my time, it was understood that you just didn't read the Word of God, you prayed the Word of God, so that the old-timers would literally pick up their Bible, open up their Bible, and as they would begin to look into the Bible, they would begin to pray, God, we realize that it's only through your leading, guiding, and presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that these words can be lifted off of these page and be brought to life to bring change within my very being. And they would begin to pray, God, let change come and lead me through the power of the Holy Spirit. They would literally pray through the Bible. We need as 
preachers to get in the pulpit and help those that God is, is, is allowing us to shepherd and to lead and direct. We need to emphasize the importance of learning, understanding, reading, and then being spirit-led into the Bible to the constituency of our local church. It begins, hear me, it begins in the pulpit. And then there must be a process. I would say to every pastor, I would say to every church member, I would say to any that might be on the the various boards within any of our local churches, what is the process of ministry training, biblical training within your local church? What are you doing? I talked about the loss of the Sunday school hour. I talked about how that oftentimes we pick up various aids, study helps. We will bring in group studies, et cetera, so that we can teach our people. Whatever you're doing, just make sure that at your church or in your home, in your home, there is a process. And then I would go as far as to say, point to the home, the person. It, It begins with you. It begins with you taking charge of your home. Is there an altar in your home? Is there a place of prayer within your home? Is there a time when you bring your families together, your your sons, your daughters, your spouse, and you read the Word of God openly together? It's amazing we do everything else. We have a kitchen designated to cooking and eating. We, we will have a den area, and there will be a TV sitting there because that's where we relax. That's where we're set. Do you have a place that your family gathers to read the Word of God, the Word of God is more important. I'm telling you, the Word of God is more important than anything that we do. Do you have a place of prayer? Is there an altar where your family kneels and prays? I must admit to you, I'm a preacher. I have a tremendous love for the Word of God, and I have spent much of my life pouring in to learn and to understand the Word of God. But you know how that began? I wish I had brought with me my grandfather's Bible just to show you. When I was a lad of a boy, I watched my grandfather Darnell read the Word of God every single day, and I've got his Bible. I kept it. I literally mean this. I literally mean what I'm saying. I wish you could see it. There is not one page in that Bible that is not marked up. Every single page in the Bible, I've gone through it. Every single page is marked over. It's written all over. He's got it colored in different colors. He's got scriptures that are highlighted. My grandfather loved the Word of God. He taught the Word of God, but he read the scripture. I watched him do it for hours, and then there was my mom and dad. In my home, my mom and dad prayed over you. Every night, every night, my brother and I would be called into the den. We would read the Word of God together, and then we would pray together. And it wasn't no small thing. It wasn't a small thing. They would pray up. They would pray a fire prayer over you. God help these boys. Uh, my mom and dad, they would read five chapters aloud every night. Totally coincidentally, while I'm doing this, my father just passed away. He just passed away last month. And I've got on my smartphone a recording. A recording just about seven days, I think, before his passing. My father struggled with cancer. He was at the age of 88. He certainly was not strong, and his mind was not alert as it had been. But every night, I would go stay with my parents on the weekend. My father read the Word of God to us. He couldn't read much, but he would always begin 
They weren't reading the more popular scripture either. They were in the book of Isaiah, actually, and they read the Bible through. My mom and dad has always read the Bible through together annually, but they were in the book of Isaiah, and I listened to my dad knowing that this was possibly the last time that I would ever hear him read the scripture. In his feeble, feeble state, he sat in the chair, he opened up the Bible, and in a broken way, he did his very best to begin to read the Word of God. He would finally get so tired he couldn't continue. He volleyed over to mother. Mother would read the rest of the chapter, and then she would volley it over to me, and I would read the next chapter or two, the Word of God. What are you doing in your home? Your sons and your daughters, they will be led by what you deem and consider to be important. What are your priorities? What are you investing your time in? Do you have a place for everything else? other than a place where the family comes together to read the Word of God and to pray. This probably is a good message for Sunday morning, but it's a good teaching. Because if we're going to move beyond biblical literacy, we're going to have to take this thing personally. It's got to become more than just something that we read in a book. Preachers, it's got to start with the pulpit. Teachers, it's got to start with the lecture. Uh, There's got to be a process to every church board member. There's got to be a process in place. And then to every person in the family of God, it's got to begin in your home. Make your home the sanctuary of the living God. Let me move on. Methodologically, we need to consider current technology. We must be acquainted with it. And I've I've, I've got to admit, I'm sitting in the studio there's a young man named Raphael beside of me, and Rafi is uh, he's one of the best. He's one of the best. As a matter of fact, you guys don't know this, but he stops me from time to time, and, and they correct certain things that I'm doing and the way that I'm maybe uh, I'm sitting or the way that I'm responding. And then all of the things that are around me, I don't, I don't know how to work this stuff, but I'm telling you, if you don't know how to work it, you better find somebody that does. And you need to become technologically savvy enough that at least methodologically you are reaching the people and you do not look like some antiquated character that just stepped off a Noah's Ark. Because what happens in our churches, if we're not careful, we become so antiquated that the current generation feels that we're so out of touch that we have nothing to share. Principles never change. Methods change daily. Technologically, you better become savvy. And I would say that we must teach our teachers how to teach. That's really something that I find that we don't do in most local church settings. We're scrapping to find anybody that will just stand up and say, yes, I will teach a class. And what we fail to do is to teach our teachers how to teach. Now, obviously, I'm in the educational world. And here in the seminary where I am today, we constantly will go through with our staff new studies to teach staff how to teach better. Teach teachers how to teach if our people are going to be biblically literate, then I would say that we must move beyond just teaching the accumulation of biblical truths to discovering the meaning behind the, the, the Scripture. That's always got to be paramount, and it's always got to be our purpose. Move beyond just 
teaching knowledge or the accumulation of biblical truths. And let's begin to discover the meaning, the meaning behind those truths. Advance. Advance the student from just listening to the teacher, to studying on their own. It's got to be more than you just listening to me. It's got to be me inspiring you to study out the accumulation and the wealth of available tools so that you yourself can become the teacher or the instructor. Every student begins by listening, but every student must be be moved into the point of sharing. Then I would say that you should utilize systems. Utilize every available system and opportunity of teaching and training the Word of God, whether that be a Sunday school lesson, whether that be a a home group study, whether that be the gathering of small groups, whether it be specialized studies, and, and there's specialized studies literally by the thousands on the market that's available to you. Utilize the systems. Again, I want to say, reinforce prayer. It's important that I do not just open the book to read it, to glean knowledge, but that the Holy Spirit literally lifts the the living word that is the breath of God. God breathed. He took a breath. And as God breathed, he spoke the word so that the word itself is alive. The Bible is a living book. And in order for it to come off the page, the Holy Spirit must somehow bring revelation within my heart and life. And that's only done through and by prayer. Reinforce praying over the Word of God. And I must, I must add this point. Reinforce the need for the Holy Spirit to move. Reinforce the reality that our, our church family must be Spirit-led and filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, I remind you of a scripture that I opened with a number of sessions ago, John chapter 16 and verse 13. The Bible reads, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will reveal to you, or he will show you things that are to come. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of every heart and every life living a life that is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit into your life to lead you, to direct you, to direct your steps, to understand the Scripture, for not only will He reveal to you those hidden places, but He will give you vision for the future and help lead you to where God would have you to be. Let me close, let me close this class with a scripture. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. What an important scripture. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you that thou shalt be no more priest 
unto me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, or seeing that you have forgotten the word of God, I will also forget your children, says the Lord. If you want to see what the church is going to be in the future, look at your young people. The lyrics that they're singing, the style of music that they're listening to, the way that they're dressing. If you want to know what the church is going to be singing, and if you want to know what the church looks like, look at your young people. We need for God to touch our youth. People are destroyed because of biblical illiteracy. People are destroyed. Our churches are failing because they have rejected to give time needed to the pursuit of the word of God and the living God. Thus saith the Lord, not only will I reject you so that you will no longer serve in the ministry unto me, but because you have forgotten my word, I will also forget your children. Heavenly Father, would you move within our hearts and lives so that we can see the importance of reclaiming biblical literacy? I pray that there would be a divine dissatisfaction that, that would raise up inside of us. God, let it be so in the name of Jesus that we would become so disturbed that we would seek after patterns by which we can reinstate biblical literacy in the lives of, of ourselves, of our family, and of those to whom you've allowed us to both be friends and possibly to shepherd and lead. God, awaken us. Give us a real spiritual awakening to this decline within the body of Christ. Place within us a passion to see change, and I will give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, I ask. And amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the ETS podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.ets-canibus.de.